What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead and the movie The Northman. First, let's talk about Mary Elizabeth Winstead. The first time I saw her on screen was in the Disney movie Sky High, where she played the -the over-the-top villainous character. The movie is not very good, especially compared to the modern superhero movies. But I look back at it fondly, and Winstead is not the only star to come out of that film. Nicholas Braun, now famous for playing Cousin Greg, also starred in the movie. Winstead then went on a streak of appearing in big movies, Final Destiny, Destination Free, Death Proof, directed by Quentin Tarantino. The film stars Kurt Russell, who also starred in Sky High, and Live Free or Die Hard with Bruce Willis. In that film, Winstead plays the daughter of John McClane. These films made some money at the box office. Final Destination Free made over $100 million, and Live Free or Die Hard made close to $400 million. But neither film has passed the test of time, and as for Death Proof, it's one of Quentin Tarantino's Tarantino's lowest grossing film, making only $30 million at the box office. Ironically, the Winstead starring vehicle that was supposed to be a massive hit, Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, ended up being a box office bomb, making only $49 million on an $85 million budget. Yet the movie is now thought of as a cult classic. It starred so many people on the precipice of fame. Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, Brie Larson, Chris Evans, and Kieran Culkin another succession star that Winstead worked with early on in her career. During the week of a film's release, we love to categorize it as either a success or failure. Live Free or Die Hard made nearly eight times as much as Scott Pilgrim, yet no one today is talking about Live Free or Die Hard. Yet Scott Pilgrim still lives on. It's still culturally relative in a way you can't quantify. One thing Winstead deserves a lot of credit for in her career is working with first-time directors who have since gone on to big success. James Ponsold on Smashed, co-starring Aaron Paul. She worked with Ponsold again on his sophomore film, The Spectacular Now, with Miles Teller, Shailene Woodley, Jennifer Jason Lee, Brie Larson, Caitlin Deaver, and Kyle Chandler. The movie is one of my personal favorites. She worked with Riley Stearns on Fault. He went on to direct the critical hit, The Art of Self-Defense with Jesse Eisenberg, and Wins Instead worked with the directing duo The Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Shiner on their inaugural feature Swiss Army Man along with Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. They are currently getting rave reviews for their second movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Clearly Winstead has an eye for good filmmakers. Sometimes it feels like movie fans undervalue a director of the movie. Like one of the reasons we love Frances McDormand is because she can continually worked with the Conan brothers, two of the best filmmakers of all time. Frances McDormand is one of the best actresses of all time, but don't tell me it doesn't help that she's working with the Conan brothers. And Winstead has not aligned herself with anyone as good as the Conan brothers, but James Ponzold, Riley Stearns, and the Daniels are really good young movie directors. I believe the best path for a great career in acting is to work with as many great directors 
directors as you can. That's how Tom Cruise started out. That's what Adam Driver is doing today. Work with really good directors. And that's what Mary Elizabeth Winstead has done. Because a lot of people are going to watch the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once and want to go back and watch their first film. And they're going to see Swiss Army Man and be impressed with Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. The same with The Art of Self-Defense. I'm sure after they saw that movie, they went back and watched Faults, which starred Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It doesn't matter if you're in that director's hit movie. It matters if that director hits big, people are going to want to go back and watch that filmmaker's filmography. In recent years, Winstead has starred in some high-quality studio movies, 10 Cloverfield Lane with John Goodman and John Gallagher, and Birds of Prey with Margot Robbie, Journey Smollett, Rosie Perez, Chris Messina, and Ewan McGregor, where she played the DC comic book character Huntress. I like Birds of Prey a lot, but I'm sure like a lot of people, I'm confused as to what DC is doing with the Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn character. I don't quite understand the timeline. It doesn't make sense at all, and I know it really doesn't matter, but I'm just confused as to where that character is at. You see her in Suicide Squad. You see her in The Suicide Squad. Then you see her in Birds of Prey. Like, I just don't understand where we're going with that character. That character really doesn't have an arc. She's really just an agent of chaos, and I get that that's probably the point, but at some point in these movies, she's going to need an arc. My favorite performance from Winstead obviously came in the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, where she plays Scott's love interest, Ramona Flowers, and anyone who's watched this film knows how important that role is to the movie. It's the key to the movie. If that performance doesn't work, neither does the film, and Winstead gives a brilliant comedic performance. You really buy into the chemistry she has with her co-star Michael Sarah. The most underrated performance of her career comes in James Ponzolt Smashed, where she plays Kate, a woman who is trying to quit drinking in her mid-twenties. I love the conflict of the movie. She quits drinking and changes as a person, while her spouse Charlie, played by Aaron Paul, and his by far best film performance doesn't. Winstead gives a raw, heartbreaking performance. It's one of the best performances I've ever seen when it comes to an actor playing an alcoholic. If you have not seen this movie, you have no idea how good of an actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead is. And I just have to shout out the director of this movie, James Ponzold. He has directed three of my favorite films, Smashed, The Spectacular Now, and The End of the Tour. All three of these films are different, but they are equally brilliant. Winstead will next appear in the Disney Plus Star Wars show Ashoka with Rosario Dawson playing the lead. Dawson previously appeared as the Jedi on season two of The Mandalorian. If this show is even half as popular as The Mandalorian, it could turn Winstead into a bigger star. Her spouse Ewan McGregor is also starring in his own Star Wars show Obi-Wan, reprising his role from the prequel films. What's most interesting about that project for me is Hayden Christensen reprising his role as Darth Vader. He has long been the punching bag for the prequels. It's fascinating that Star Wars, once the predominant movie franchise, has taken over streaming. Yet, it could make Winstead bigger than any movie ever could. Look at Pedro Pascal. He was a known actor before The Mandalorian, but now he's a household name. I just hope Ashoka puts Mary Elizabeth Winstead 
said on the map. Here's a list of her noteworthy performances. Sky High, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Smashed, The Spectacular Now, False, Swiss Army Man, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and The Birds of Prey. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie The Northman. Here's a quick synopsis. Amleth is a Viking prince who will stop at nothing to avenge the loss of his father at the hands of his uncle. The film stars Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, and Willem Dafoe. Standout performances. I lost belief in Alexander Skarsgård as a movie star after I watched the utter disaster that was Tarzan. But in the last few years, he's really redeemed himself, mostly by playing terrible human beings. In 2019's The Kill Team, he plays a military sergeant who orders his men to murder innocent civilians. In 2021, he appeared in both Rebecca Hall's Passing, where he plays a racist who doesn't know his wife is black, and he appeared in the third season of Succession as a Mark Zuckerberg-like CEO. In The Northman, Skarsgård gives a career-best performance. He fully commits to the role. He's crazy believable as a vengeful Viking. It's not a great dramatic performance. It's a great action hero performance, which you don't see a lot of nowadays. In 2015, Anya Taylor-Joy made her debut in The Witch, and now she's reteaming with Robert Eggers on The Northman, and I'm always surprised by her performances, not because she's great. I just don't know what to expect. It's why she's one of the most exciting actors working today. She's unpredictable and mysterious. She crushed the accent and has the line of the movie, you have the strength to break men's bones, but I have the cunning to break their minds. Nicole Kidman and Willem Dafoe are two of the best actors working today and of all time, and both are given incredible moments in this movie. Kidman's character has an exchange with Skarsgård's that can only be described with one word, shilling. I love the list of directors Kidman is working with lately. Yorgos Lanthimos, Sofia Coppola, Joel Edgerton, Aaron Sorkin, and now Robert Eggers. And like Taylor Joy, this is Defoe's second film with Eggers. Defoe is great in every film he's in, but I do feel like Eggers gets something extra from the actor. The Lighthouse is one of his best performances of his career, and Defoe is great in The Northman in the few scenes he's in. Defoe and Taylor Joy are believable in any time period. That's why both are a perfect match for Eggers. With Defoe, Eggers is giving him roles that in the hands of other actors would feel like a cliche, but in the hands of Defoe, it feels authentic. Defoe is very believable as the lighthouse keeper in the lighthouse and as the court gesture in the Northman. Alexander Skarsgård will next star in the movie Infinity Pool with Mia Goth. Anya Taylor-Joy's next roles are in David O. Russell's new film with Christian Bale, John David Washington, and Margot Robbie. The Super Mario Brothers animated film with Chris Pratt, Seth Rogen, Jack Black, and Charlie Day. Joy will be the voice of Princess Peach. She will also be in The Menu with Nicholas Holt and Ray Fiennes, and she's starring in the Mad Max Fury Road prequel, Furiosa, directed, of course, by George Miller. As big as Anya Taylor-Joy is right now, I think she's about to get bigger, especially if she pulls off Furiosa. The director of The Northman, Robert Eggers, has recently said on the Mark Maron podcast he doesn't want to make a contemporary film. His first film is set in 1630 New England. His sophomore film, The Lighthouse, again takes place in New 
England, this time in the 1890s, and the Northman in the beginning of the movie takes place in Iceland in 895 AD. A lot of directors make movies from different time periods. What makes Eggers incredible at it is how realistic he makes his movies look and feel. A lot of times when I watch movies about the past, I watch and I go, that feels unrealistic. I have never felt that way about a Robert Eggers film. It really does feel like being transported back to the time period in which the film is set. There are plenty of filmmakers who are capable of making a movie about modern times. There are none who can make a film about the past like Robert Eggers. While this movie, like the past two Eggers movies, takes place in the past, what makes The Northman different is the size and the scale. His last two movies, The Witch and The Lighthouse, were indies. The Witch made $40 million at the box office on a $4 million budget, and The Lighthouse starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe was a small two-hander about two men going mad. The Northman is far and away Eggers' most extravagant endeavor. The film has a budget of over $70 million. It's Eggers' first studio movie. It's super impressive that the movie still feels like an Eggers movie. Many great filmmakers have lost their voice making a studio movie, not Eggers. You can watch The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Northman and see how the movies may have different tones, but you can tell who made them. They feel connected. A lot of people, including myself, are curious to see how well this movie will fare overall at the box office. In its opening weekend, it debuted over $12 million, which is good, but what number will make this movie a financial hit? By all standards, it's a critical hit. If it's a financial one, it will be fascinating to see where Eggers will take his career. There are rumors his next movie may be a remake of the vampire film Nosferatu, but that was scrapped. It was set to star Anya Taylor-Joy and Harry Styles. Will he make bigger and bigger movies like The Northman, or go back to making smaller indies like The Witch in the Lighthouse? These type of movies change filmmakers. After Wes Anderson made The Royal Tannenbaums and it was a hit, he could make whatever he wanted. And as a film fan, that's what I want from Robert Eggers. I want him to be capable of making any movie he wants, because he delivers. I haven't been this impressed with a filmmaker's first free films since Damien Chazelle, who debuted with Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man. Eggers is also becoming the type of filmmaker where the talk around his movies are almost as interesting as the movies themselves. It's almost Paul Thomas Anderson type. I mean, the talk around the Northmen has been about how Robert Eggers has said he didn't have final cut on the movie. He's also kind of said that The Witch really isn't as good as everyone sees it. The guy has a lot of fascinating things to say about his own movies. And people love filmmakers like that. Again, Paul Thomas Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, they are vocal about what their movies are about, and so is Robert Eggers. And you have a new crop of that. You have Robert Eggers, you have Ari Aster. These are filmmakers who have opinions about their movies and have things to say about the making of these movies. What I liked most about The Northman is it makes you, the audience, ask a lot of questions. Like, is the hero of the movie really a hero at all? Is the villain really a villain? And is revenge worth it in the end? I also love how the plot of the movie is simple. It's a simple revenge story that anyone can follow. But what the movie 
movie is about is complicated. You can have deep thoughts about The Northman or you can just watch it and have a good time. Those are the best kind of movies where you can have either experience with it. You can have a deep dive onto what you just watched or you can just have a good time watching The Northman. The movie weirdly reminded me of The Lion King. I know it sounds crazy to compare a gory Viking film to a children's cartoon, but the similarities are undeniable and there's a reason for them. The Lion King is based on the Shakespeare play Hamlet, while The Northman is the story that inspired Shakespeare's Hamlet. The film has also been compared to Conan the Barbarian, another revenge-filled action-adventure movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger in his first big film role. And clearly Skarsgård was motivated by that movie. He bulked up like Schwarzenegger. I mean, Skarsgård in this movie really does feel like an old-school 80s action hero, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. Like, this guy is jacked in this movie. It will terrify you. You will never get used to his look in this movie. It also weirdly makes some of the crazy, unbelievable things he's doing somewhat believable. Like, if you watch the trailer, he catches a spear. Like, that's not believable. A human being cannot do that. But when Skarsgård does it in this film, you're like, okay, I guess that guy can do that. Here's my ranking of the first three films directed by Robert Eggers. Number one, The Lighthouse. This film is so strange and leaves you wondering what the movie is about. The performances by Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are crazy fun. Number two, this film, The Northman. Skarsgård's old school action hero performance mixed with Taylor Joy, Kidman, Dafoe, and Hawk is fantastic. You usually don't see these caliber of actors in a movie like this. And number three, The Witch. A great start for Eggers' career, a terrific debut from Taylor Joy, but Eggers as a filmmaker has come a long way from his first movie. I think after seeing this movie, the majority of people are going to say The Northman because it is his most mainstream film and it's his most streamlined film. I mean, the movie is rather simple. A son is trying to avenge the death of his father. Again, we all grew up with The Lion King. We all know the plot of Hamlet. We all know what The Northman is about. We don't know what The Lighthouse is about and we really don't know what The Witch is about. That's why some people are turned off by those movies. I am not turned off by those kind of movies. I will never stop thinking about The Lighthouse. Overall, The Northman is one of the best movies of the year so far. It's everything you want from a Robert Eggers film. It's weird and has magical elements and shows he's capable of making an epic action-adventure movie while also staying true to himself as a filmmaker. I really want to see Eggers work with more and more big-time movie actors. I would love to see Adam Driver in a Robert Eggers movie. I would love to see Timothy Chalamet in one of his movies, Dev Patel. And I desperately want to see Eggers reunite with Robert Pattinson. I love Pattinson in The Lighthouse. He's become one of those directors who you want to see your favorite actors work with him because he gets great performances. And that's exactly what he got from Alexander Skarsgård and Anya Taylor-Joy in The Northman. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend you go back and watch the work of Mary Elizabeth Winstead and check out The Northman. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movie 
series Cyrano, starring Peter Dinklage, Haley Bennett, and Kelvin Harrison Jr., directed by Joe Wright, and The Survivor, starring Ben Foster, Vicky Kripes, Billy Manguson, Peter Sarsgaard, John Leguizamo, and Danny DeVito, directed by Barry Levinson. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. 